Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello there. I know you guys are so ready for this episode on snacks, right? I get this question all the time. And when I mentioned that I was going to do a snap a snack episode following Q&A 6, which was breakfast, and then another episode I did a few weeks ago on lunch options, and I threw it out there that I thought I'd put one together on snacks, and the feedback was, yes, yes, more snacks. I need to know what to snack on. So here you go. I know you guys are ready to hear this information. Before we dive in, I'm not sure if you heard my announcement on the last episode, but the Primal Potential iPhone application is now live. I am so excited. Yes, it is only for iPhone users right now, and that's because A, it's free, and B, it's my first foray into apps and wanted to kind of start small, see how it goes, troubleshoot, work out the bugs, and there are little bugs that we are working out. So thank you for your patience. So here is the deal. The primary reason that I wanted to put together this app is so that you could have all the information in one place. Instead of going to your podcast app to listen to podcasts and going to Primal Potential to read blogs and all of that, this is one-stop shop for all the podcasts, all the blogs, to access the website. It's all in the free Primal Potential app. So if you go to the iTunes store and you search Primal Potential, it is right there. There is also an option within the app to upgrade it. And this was in response to many of you guys asking for a seven day a week podcast because you find that you do better on the days, you make better choices on the days when you're listening to positive, upbeat, motivational, encouraging messages. And I totally get that. I agree with you completely. And I say all the time that motivation isn't something that you just find and have. It's something that you create. So since I don't have the bandwidth right now to have a seven day a week podcast, what I did is put an optional upgrade in the app for daily motivational audio messages from me. I've recorded them seven days a week, 365 days a a year, messages to help keep you focused on your goals and remember why you're doing this to help you work through the tough times. So they're there. You can listen to your favorite ones over and over again if you're having a tough moment. And that is an optional upgrade uh, for $4.99 a month. So that is live now in the iTunes store. I'm so excited, hopeful to get it into the Android market here in the next couple of months, but really want to test things out in one platform first so that I can learn and so that I can make sure that it's the best possible product. Um, and really delivering what you guys need. So 
Enough of that, let's talk about snacks. And I'm gonna give a ton of suggestions for snacks, but first, I wanna start with my own personal, this is just me, Elizabeth Benton, my personal philosophy on snacking for my own life. This is not how I think everyone should approach it, but this is what works for me, and it's something that I transitioned to throughout my 140 pound weight loss, and it's something that I help a lot of my clients with as well. I try to structure my meals so that I'm satisfied for about four to five hours. I do this because I personally do not like to snack. For me, that snacking, grazing mentality, I find that if I leave that door open, I have a harder time stopping. I would much rather have more substantial meals that really fill me up and not snack because that's what makes it easier for me when I'm not hungry, when I'm not thinking every couple of hours about food. That's what helps me make good choices. I want to think about food less and I want to make food less stressful and more effortless. So you'll see that when I do my what I ate segments, I usually don't snack. And that wasn't always the case. But with snacking, I just felt like I was always thinking about food, what to eat when, how much, can I have it yet, is it time yet? And that, for me, fed into food obsession. And one of my major goals throughout my weight loss journey was really trying to break that food obsession. And so it took me some time to figure out what really satisfies me, how much, how often. So I build my meals around a lot of fiber from non-starchy vegetables and a serving or two of fat and a serving or two of protein. That satisfies me for hours so that I don't need to snack. That works for me and it was a gradual evolution. And here's the other thing, and I talked about this in a lot of detail on episode 37. That was the episode on intermittent fasting and I will link to that in the show notes. It's the idea that we are in one of two states and never both. Our body is either processing the food we've just eaten, right? Digesting, absorbing, metabolizing, storing. That's the fed state, okay? The alternative, if you are not in the fed state, and it doesn't mean you're actively putting food in your mouth, but your body is dealing with what you've most recently eaten. The alternative is the fasted state. And this doesn't have to mean 12, 14, 24 hours with food, but just there's no fuel in the pipeline, so to speak, okay? When it's been a while since you've last eaten and your body is forced to meet its energy, energy needs from the reserves within your body, i.e. your body fat. For me personally, I always focused on wanting to maximize the time not in the fed state when there is not fuel in the pipeline. Now, that doesn't mean I starve myself, but I want there to be as much, if not more time in a 24-hour period where my body doesn't have fuel in the pipeline, right, as just the analogy for actively processing, digesting, metabolizing, absorbing food. So for me, I like to space out my meals and have them satisfy me more so I'm not adding that fuel into the pipeline every couple of hours. That means not snacking every couple of hours. When I help my clients transition to that, not all of them prefer that and it's totally okay, but the ones that do usually love it not only from a result standpoint, but from an ease and a reduced food obsession standpoint, like, oh my gosh, I'm finally not thinking about food all the time. And that is not to say that you cannot burn fat and eat frequently. You absolutely can. If it works for you, that's awesome. You will benefit from the snack ideas in this episode. However, I just wanna make sure that you understand that I'm not suggesting 
the best way for fat loss is to snack and graze and munch. If it works for you, great. I'll help you come up with some good ideas. But it is not required and you can structure your meals to satisfy you for longer if you don't like disrupting your day for snacking or if there aren't really convenient snack options that you enjoy or if you just feel like you're obsessed with food and thinking about it all the time. Now, It drives me a little crazy when I hear, quote unquote, experts say that you need to eat every few hours to fuel your metabolism. I mean, let's just think from like a high level common sense standpoint, how we evolved. Do you think our paleolithic ancestors, even our grandparents, right? Even our grandparents 80 years ago, did they graze every couple of hours? Did they walk into the kitchen and pull out the snack packs? No way. They sure didn't. They couldn't. They at most, at most ate three meals a day and paleolithically probably far less than that, right? Was there an obesity epidemic in either case? No, of course not. Of course not. I feel very strongly that this constant grazing and snacking mentality is largely perpetuated by the food industry and the dieting industry as ways to get us to buy more and eat more. And look at the results, right? When we look at eating frequency side by side with the rise in obesity, what do we see? As we transitioned away from sort of the old school mentality of three meals a day, right, or even two meals a day, to let's eat every two to three hours, largely, I guess pun intended there, we've gotten more often than not, we have gotten fatter and sicker. Now, when it comes to snacking, as a rule of thumb, anytime you're moving away from processed foods to less processed foods, that is a great thing, right? So remember that when I talk about sort of the ideal snacks for fat loss, that doesn't mean you have to do the ideal. If you are currently snacking on candy bars and potato chips, it doesn't mean you need to go to almonds and carrot sticks, right? There is a middle ground. When I make suggestions, I'm often talking about this is the best case scenario for fat loss, right? So when I say eat your fruit later in the day, are you personally screwed if you eat fruit at breakfast? No, and maybe. For me personally, fruit for breakfast would probably slow my progress. Why? Because it's relative to my baseline. It's relative to my normal, my starting point. But if you are switching from donuts and muffins, Um, to fruit, does that represent an improvement? Of course. And so it's the same thing with snacking, right? Is a protein bar the ideal? No, not necessarily, because chances are it's highly processed and there's a bunch of stuff in there, right? But is it better than a Kit Kat? Of course it is, right? Of course it is. Although there are some exceptions because some protein bars out there are literally candy bars with added protein, but hey, at least you've got added protein, right? So my encouragement here before we get granular is to make progress. Do not stress and freak out and say, oh my gosh, I got to ditch the, you know, uh, Snickers minis and go for um, liver mousse or an avocado. No, you don't. You just need to make progress. Ditch the pursuit of of perfection and move down the spectrum towards progress. I am always going to encourage whole foods first and foremost because they're more nutritionally dense, they're what we were made to eat, and the nutrients in whole foods are generally speaking more bioavailable, meaning your body can utilize, absorb, and metabolize the nutrients far more easily and completely than in processed foods. That's not to say you can't have processed foods. Remember, it's about the spectrum and just making gradually better and better choices. I think we would all be well served to remember that food is not just about 
pleasure, right? Food is fuel. This is the raw material for your body. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I think about food being the raw material or the tools my body has to keep me healthy, fix me, repair inflammation, uh, restore my immune system, I don't want those raw materials to come from chemicals and toxins and processed foods. I really want those raw materials to be the highest quality with whole foods, naturally occurring foods. When we think about whole foods for snacks, and again, this isn't the only option for your snack food. We'll talk about some convenience choices and some processed foods and things like that. But when we're looking first at whole foods, the list is pretty pretty straightforward, right? So I'll give you some high-level suggestions and then some really specific ones, but nuts and seeds are, are great snack options, right? And you wanna keep this around an ounce or two. When I'm looking at nuts as a snack choice, I'm looking primarily at almonds and macadamia nuts because they are higher in fat and lower in carbs than, say, cashews or pistachios. Now, peanuts are not nuts. Peanuts are legumes, so they are actually more of a carbohydrate with some protein. So peanuts don't fall into this category. Another thing to keep in mind about nuts and seeds is don't judge the book by its cover. And what I mean by that is do not judge a food by the nutrition facts because just because it contains within it X grams of protein or fat or X many milligrams of whatever vitamin or mineral doesn't mean that it's bioavailable. And there is bioavailability issues within nuts and seeds. That's why a lot of people soak them, and that's why a lot of people don't advocate heavy consumption of nuts and seeds because they do have a lot of anti-nutrients in them, things that block the absorption of nutrients. However, I'm going to be really clear and call this a small rock. It is not a big rock. It is not something that people need to worry about. When it comes to snacks, they are a good option. But remember, pay attention to if it works for you. For me, I love nuts and seeds, but I also know myself and I know that I have a tendency to overconsume them. So I don't snack much. I will typically reserve nuts and seeds for when I'm traveling and I will buy them in limited portions because I do not, and I'm not talking about snack packs. I'm talking about going to a store where you can like scoop them out of a bin. And so the only thing coming home with me is what I plan to eat. I am not good when it comes to nuts at rationing. So I, why try and like challenge myself by buying a huge bag of almonds and then saying I'm going to practice self-control? Can I? Sure. Do I need to test myself that way? N no, it's probably not that important. I'd rather just buy what I know I want to eat. Nut butters is another option. And again, I'm not talking about peanut butter. Peanuts are a legume and therefore a carbohydrate. But you can do nut butters with fruits or vegetables. You can do cashew butter, macadamia nut butter, almond butter, sunflower butter. I really like sunflower butter. I don't personally like almond butter. Sunflower butter is a little bit creamier, where I find almond butter is a little bit more grainy. But have it with a piece of fruit or celery or whatever fruits and vegetables you really love and enjoy. Know thyself, just like me with raw almonds. If one tablespoon of nut butter turns into half the jar, maybe this shouldn't be on your short list for convenient snacks. 
Fruits and vegetables in general, either cooked or raw, are great snack options. Now, I do always want to recommend that when fat loss is the goal, I do think it's best to follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. And if you're going to do the fruits, move them towards the latter part of the day. And you can uh, look on the show notes page for a summary of the golden rules of carbs and fat loss if you're new to the show and have no idea what I'm talking about. But ultimately... These are great whole foods that are going to be heavier in water, heavier in fiber, lower in sugar, and satisfying, plus really portable. I personally love in the evening time to do a baked apple with butter and cinnamon. I'll just chop up a but, uh, an, a, a butter, I, well, I guess. I'll chop up an apple and put it in a little ramekin with a tablespoon of butter and some stevia and cinnamon and pop it in the oven. Don't ask me for how long until I get impatient and want to eat it, right? I mean, I, so many people ask me, how long do you cook it for? I am not a chef at all. I typically take things out when I don't feel like waiting anymore. I'm very impatient and I eat a lot of things probably undercooked because I just don't like to wait. Um, Other snack ideas, pickles and olives. Again, thinking whole foods. If you're stressed about sodium, for most people, there are some exceptions. For most people, this is going to be a small rock. We are not dealing with weight issues because of things that we eat uh, in small quantities like pickles or olives. Although I have gone rounds with some jars of pickles that would say small quantities and pickles do not go hand in hand with me. Also, hard-boiled eggs, a great thing to make ahead of time. Sometimes instead of just doing a hard-boiled egg, you can um, mix the yolk. Like if you cut the hard-boiled egg in half, um, mash up the yolk with some avocado and just kind of put it then back in the center of the white. And that just makes it a little bit different, much more nutrient-dense, higher in vitamins and minerals, and I happen to think super, super delicious. Now, snacks also don't have to be made up of things different from your meals. Like when you think about what can I eat for fat loss, it doesn't have to be an entirely different list of foods for snacks, right? Your snacks could just represent a smaller meal. If I'm feeling hungry midday, I can absolutely just grab a chicken thigh left over out of the fridge. Who says that's not a snack? You can literally think of your snacks as just mini meals, and that might open you up for more options, like canned salmon or a salmon cake, just a smaller portion of something that you really love in meal form. Cheese is another one, and I know cheese isn't paleo, blah, blah, blah. I am not a purist when it comes to anything. I believe in whole foods. I don't believe in highly processed foods for the majority of your stuff, and much cheese is highly processed. So please do not pick fat-free dairy products. Dairy is naturally not low fat. The more it is stripped, the more fat is stripped from the product, the more highly processed it is. And the more stabilizers are added to the dairy to keep it from breaking down. So I would much rather see you uh, cheese. I would much rather see you choose full fat, legit, high quality dairy. Um, And in addition to cheese, we could be talking about full fat yogurt. Uh, Some people will think, oh no, all Greek yogurt is fat free. No, it's not. It is not. Now, most grocery stores will only stock the low-fat and fat-free versions because that's what most consumers flock to. But if we're talking about like Faye, Faye Total has a lot of fat in it because dairy has fat. And I would much rather see people getting the nutrient density and the energy density with full-fat dairy products that are less processed. But of course, if you're not tolerant to dairy, skip the cheese, skip the yogurt. 
Sweet potato chips or kale chips or even plantain chips. You can make these yourself if you have a food dehydrator or even by baking them in the oven, but you can also buy them. And if your grocer doesn't sell them at your local grocery store, you can totally buy them on Amazon. And I will link to a couple of my favorites on Amazon in the show notes. In general, walk around the perimeter of the grocery store and there's no reason that anything that's whole or unprocessed can't be used in one shape, uh, way, shape, or form to resemble a snack based on what you really love. For example, I really enjoy the chicken liver mousse um, from Against All Grain and I'll link to that recipe in the show notes page over at primalpotential.com but I typically do it as a meal and I'll use it as a spread on my favorite veggies or alongside my favorite meats, but this is totally a legit snack. Think of it as kind of like the the healthier version of hummus, right? Whereas hummus is a legume and and very carb heavy and a lot of anti-nutrients in there. Um, You could switch it out for something higher protein, higher fat, lower carb, and I find it to be super delicious. I will say I hate liver. Chicken liver is much more mild than beef liver, and this is a chicken liver mousse, but it has white wine and apples and onions in it, and I just find it to be super delicious, and it's super convenient. Uh, I can take it with me if I'm on the road. You can also do a whole food smoothie. Word of warning here, when people go crazy adding like 27 different fruits and a bunch of different like, whether it's, um, oh, I don't know, people add all sorts of different carbohydrates to their shakes in, a different, in, in addition to fruits, and that can be a, just a sugar bomb completely. But a whole food smoothie with, say, coconut milk or avocado is great. And the avocado, even when people think like, ooh, pureeing avocado, the avocado is super neutral in flavor. You really can't taste it, but it adds a lot of nutrient density. It'll fill you up very well, and it makes it nice and creamy. These obviously take more time and prep work, but there are a lot of options for green smoothies that are not heavy in fruit, like adding ginger or lemon to brighten it up so it's not just like pureed vegetables, watch out and don't go too fruit heavy. It's totally okay, especially when you think about the spectrum of what your food choices normally are, to add in one fruit. But I don't think you need to do pineapple and banana and apple and kiwi. It just is a little bit overkill. Also, one thing that I really find to be convenient for a snack option that I also will do as a meal is the meat muffins that I talked about from Mary Shenouda, the paleo chef, in the breakfast episode. The breakfast episode is Q&A 6. I will link to both the breakfast episode and the recipe for these meat muffins. Think of them as like little mini meatloafs, but this particular recipe puts in um, nutmeg and some cinnamon and some other things that make them savory and sweet. They're super delicious. You make them ahead of time. I'll eat them cold out of the fridge, and I think they're awesome. I also really enjoy eating plain avocado for a snack or an avocado with salt, an avocado with some canned salmon or fresh salmon, or even an avocado with a little almond butter in it. Very great combo. One thing that I want to encourage everybody to do is really define what you want. Don't just look for like, What are some good snack ideas? But when it comes to that munchy feeling I get when I want a snack, what am I after? Sweet, salty, salty, crunchy, chewy. If you want something sweet and you have a cheese stick, 
You didn't satisfy that sweet urge, so you're setting yourself up to be more likely to not only eat the cheese stick, but then go back to the kitchen, back to the pantry, back to the vending machine, still on the prowl, because you didn't really satisfy what you truly, truly wanted. Does that make sense? So, so much of this comes down to what you want, what sounds good to you, what is food that you really love. I could say beef jerky, but if you hate beef jerky, that's clearly not an option that you should have on your short list. What I find is for a lot of people, the snack stuff that they want and have a hard time fulfilling when they're trying to eat whole foods is salty crunchy. So here are some ideas specific to salty crunchy only because that is something that a lot of people seem to want and then feel like, but there's no option for pretzels or popcorn or triscuits or whatever else because those things are not fat loss friendly and certainly add no nutritive value to your life. Parmesan crisps. Now, I personally buy these at Whole Foods on top of the olive bar, but you can make them yourselves. Do I have a recipe? No. I just usually take shredded uh, Parmesan cheese, put it in a skillet. You don't need to add anything to the pan so long as you're using a nonstick pan. It'll melt, and over time, it'll kind of harden, and you play around with the heat and the temperature. But when it melts and cooks down, it becomes a little chip or a crisp. You can do this in a saute pan, or you can do it in the oven. You can do the same thing with cheddar cheese if that's more your style. You can do this with prosciutto and you can literally pop it in the oven on a baking sheet and create a little prosciutto crisp, right? And it's salty, it's crunchy, and it's very fat loss friendly. Roasted cauliflower with butter and salt. Take your cauliflower florets, uh, cover them with butter and salt, bake them till they're nice and browned, and you get a really neutral flavor with the cauliflower, but you get that butter and salt and crunch. You can do kale chips. Many grocery stores sell these. Watch out for added ingredients, but you can certainly make them yourself. Same thing with sweet potato chips. And again, I'll I'll link to my favorites on Amazon in the show notes. If you want to get really fancy, there's a good recipe for almond parmesan zucchini crisps. And I will put that recipe in the show notes over at primalpotential.com for this episode. I personally don't love to cook, but that is a great option if you want to make something ahead of time. I want to really encourage you though, I still recommend when the goal is fat loss, adhering to the golden rules of carbs and fat loss along your own personal spectrum of progress. Oftentimes people are also looking for sweet options and find that to be hard when focusing on whole foods. I'm actually a big fan of incorporating dark chocolate. I think if you do an ounce to two ounces and you really eat it mindfully, I'm not talking about while you're watching TV or having a conversation or working or browsing the internet, because what happens when we're multitasking while we eat, we're going through the motions, but we're not really enjoying the food. So then after the fact, we're kind of like, What happened? I missed it. It's gone already? So make sure, especially with something that you're going to consume in smaller quantities that's a little bit more of an indulgence, be very present. Do not multitask. Enjoy every bite. Another one that can be a sweet option, and these things are more processed, but again, it's not about perfection. It's about progress, is protein shakes. Protein shakes can have all sorts of things added to make them really pleasurable and enjoyable, right? You can take a a chocolate protein shake and add uh, almond butter, or you can add a half a banana or a half a banana and almond butter. Lots of things like that that are going to be more fat loss friendly than if you went after the pint of Ben & Jerry's or Haagen-Dazs. And I will link to one of my favorite protein shakes uh, over on the show notes page at primalpotential.com. I personally like BioTrust Low Carb better than lots of other stuff out there. 
trail mix too. Although I will say, please watch out for the dried fruit. Dried fruit is not fat loss friendly. It is not anywhere near whole fruit. It is packed full of sugar. I did an entire episode on dried fruit that I will link to in the show notes page. I also like to sometimes keep it really simple and puree a banana with almond butter. And I'll have that in lieu of carbs at dinner. I'll have that after dinner as a really special treat or indulgence. You can have it just plain. You can put it in the fridge. You can freeze it and have it be more of like an icy, um, creamy consistency. Or I'll take the uh, canned coconut milk. I'll remove just the solid parts and add in a little bit of chocolate protein powder Or if you want to go a little bit more purist and just add cacao and some stevia, or you can do it with almond butter or sunflower butter. There's all sorts of ways that you can come up with really creative, um, sweet indulgences that are still not going to derail your fat loss goals. I want to say a quick word about snack packs because so many people feel like, yes, I did have those little Oreos, but I only had the 100 calorie snack pack. That is the way that food giants are making tons of money because it makes you feel like you're making a healthier choice, eating it out of a single serving package, even if it's pure sugar. And there was a study done looking at people who were given a full size bag of potato chips versus people given an individual snack pack, right? You know, the single serving bag. And what they found is that in every situation, the people with the single serving bag ate more. They went and got more single serving packs and they ate more than somebody that had access to the full size thing. And the researchers concluded, and I tend to agree just anecdotally, that it was because the people with a single serving bag felt like they were making a better choice and didn't feel like it was as big of a deal if they went back for more compared to people who knew that they had all of this at their disposal and on their own were trying to portion control. As it relates to convenient snacks, and I'm not talking about the snack packs, I would stay far, far away from those. Again, remember that there is a spectrum when we're looking at processed foods and whole foods. Sure, whole foods are going to be generally healthier and more easily digested, but processed convenient foods are not only a part of most people's reality if they're on the road or they don't have time to prep or they need something quick and easy, or if they're just transitioning from, say, the standard American diet to a more whole foods diet. However, there are a lot of protein bars and snack bars and meal replacement bars that are pure garbage. And what I mean by that is they are glorified candy bars with health claims on them to make you feel like you're making a better choice. And that makes me so mad. So I want to share with you some of my favorite bars. And these are the bars that if I'm traveling or I'm on the go or I'm just like starving and I run into the grocery store and I need something fast, these are the ones that I'm most likely to choose. Are they perfect? What's perfect, right? Do they help me reach my goals and take the edge off if I'm really hungry or don't have a lot of time? Absolutely. So from a more pure to maybe less pure kind of uh, flow, Epic bars are one of my favorite. Now, I will be very clear about this. Epic bars are not sweet. They are savory. They are a meat-based bar, and they look very much like cat food. However, I do think that their new flavors taste pretty good. But don't get this expecting a Quest bar, right? They are not. Epic bars are meat-based bars. Their bacon bar is really, really good. I love their turkey almond cranberry bar, and they have a beef apple bacon bar that's really delicious as well. The chicken sriracha bar is great and it's spicy, but again, these are meat-based bars, kind of a cross between a protein bar and beef jerky. They're not 
tough like beef jerky. They're very chewy. I mean, like you can push on it with your finger and indent it pretty easily. But I do love Epic bars and I will link to Epic uh, on the show notes page at Primal Potential. Quest bars. Sometimes people will email me and say, you say that you used to eat Quest bars and you don't anymore. I do every once in a while. Um, I transitioned to them initially when I was first in the beginning of my 140 pound weight loss. It marked a measurable improvement for me from Chick-fil-A. And they were yummy and they were sweet and they were tasty and they felt indulgent. So I am not anti-Quest bars. But gradually I moved more towards Whole Foods because it made me feel better. And I found that the sweetness of the Quest bars because they are very sweet was a little bit overwhelming for me. And as my taste changed, I found that the more sweet things I had, the more sweet things I wanted. So for me now, it's best to minimize them. But in a pinch, will I eat a Quest bar? Absolutely. I really love the peanut butter and jelly flavor, but the cookie dough is, I think, their best seller. Also, Power Crunch bars. Power Crunch bars are if you don't like the texture of a, ter- a traditional protein bar, like that chewy thing that you feel like you have to chew 100 times before you swallow. Um, Power Crunch bars are crunchy. They are kind of like a wafer um, thing. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with wafer cookies, um, but they have like the wafer and then the cream and then a coating on it. Uh, they do have a bit of a protein aftertaste. Are they the perfect choice? No. Will they work? Absolutely. Do they represent an improvement? They sure do. So I hope that was really helpful for you. If you have questions, do not hesitate to email me. Want to wrap up with what I ate yesterday? I tried something new. So I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with the professional surfer Laird Hamilton. He is married to Gabrielle Reese, and he's considered one of the best athletes in the world. He has a superfood mix that's meant to mix into like coffee or tea. Got some of that, tried it, it's okay. I might buy it again, I'm not totally sure. Um, But I mixed that in my coffee along with some MCT oil, skipped the butter. Um, And then after my workout, I had leftover chicken thighs with a veggie stir fry. Uh, The veggie stir fry included cauliflower, broccoli, carrots, onions, and peppers, and I just sauteed it with butter and coconut aminos. And then I had a really crazy afternoon and evening, so I ended up with a salad bowl from Chipotle, no rice, no beans. Uh, I got chicken and um, pico and guacamole. Um, No double chicken. I don't need double anything at this point in my life, um, except maybe sleep. So that was what I ate yesterday. I would love to hear from you. If you are not on the VIP email list or if you've been thinking, she always says email, does she really mean it? Yes, I really mean it. Get on that VIP email list over at primalpotential.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know how you're doing, what your struggle is, and how I can help. That is why I am here. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a fantastic day.